Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you are a new listener, the PK Podcast is a community-inspired conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the $19 billion promotional products business. My name is Mark Graham, CEO of Right Sleeve and Common Skew, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host and fellow troublemaker, T. Hamilton, president of Creative hey. Alchemy. Hey, T. How you doing? Hey, Mark. Hi, T. All right. And it's not just T and me today. It is T, myself, and a man who needs no introduction, Rich Carollo, VP Marketing of Lion Circle, one of the best-known and most prominent made-in-the-USA promotional product suppliers. Rich has the promotional products industry coursing through his blood as he has been involved in the family business since 1995 when he joined the company and then was promoted to VP Marketing in 1997, a position he still holds today. Rich is a family man. He's been married for 16 years to Michelle, and he has three children, Nicholas, Andrew, and Grace. He likes to long-distance run and boat and long walks on the beach. I just made that up, Rich, but it sounded like it made sense. And, of course, Rich was, in fact, last year, uh, inducted into the ASI 2012 hot list. So with that, Rich, a warm Promo Kitchen welcome to you. It is wonderful to have you on the program. Wow, holy smokes, thanks a lot for that. That was that that made me sound awesome. Well, don't get used to it, you know. It's just uh <laughs> <laughs> So so Rich, we're really excited about having you on the program today. I know that uh um we've had this in the works for a while and we've got lots of things that we wanted to talk to you about. Um but why don't we start off with an easy one? Why don't you uh, bring some of our listeners up to speed about the Lion Circle story, uh, what the company does, and how it is that you've grown into the supplier you are today. Um, sure. I uh, The company started off as the Lion Match Corporation. It was 1927, I want to say, is when the, more, the, the company was created. And my father started working for them right after the service, became worked in the plant, worked his way up, wound up uh, purchasing the company. And all they were doing is just his matchbooks at the time. Um, in the late 70s, he wound up purchasing the company out from the owner. He and a partner. And the year after they purchased the company, they fell into bankruptcy. There was a, uh, a, a large tax bill that was owed to them that wasn't disclosed at the time when they purchased it. So. Here he is now, family of four. Uh, you know, he's great together. Put it, put it all together. Try to figure out how to make it work. And you know, in the late '70s, everything's matchbooks. Uh, competition was getting fierce. Demand was going down between the safety lighter and the no smoking campaigns and everything. And so he, is, his partner, says, "You know, I want out." He goes, "Well, once we get out of bankruptcy, you're out. But the only way to get out is to expand." And um, finally, got out, got themselves out of bankruptcy. Um, bought out his partner. Next day, started buying uh, button machines, and so it was the Lion Match Corporation and Circle Creations was the spinoff line. Mm. And we were doing uh, all different types of promotional buttons, um, which was a great gig for a while. And then that got to be a really saturated market, you know. And as you go along, you just watch this industry churn and churn and churn and churn and churn. And we just constantly keep looking at ourselves saying, well, what do we do right? Well, we do printing paper right. We've been printing 
ever since the 20s, we've got the equipment, we know what we're doing. How can we expand these lines to doing what we do correctly? And so um, they sat around a table. Um, this is probably about 93, 94, and they go, you know, we're now we're going to get into promotional hand fans. We think this is a market that can get into it. And now we're award-winning hand fan winners along with all the other great promotional products that we make as we go through the through the line here. Um, you know, it's I, I, I grew up in this. I, you know, in the, on the weekends uh, during summers, I would work in the art department, swept the floor, made buttons. I glued sticks on fans. Um, went to college, said, you know what, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I'm going to be a, my own thing. Went to work with a marketing research firm for about a year, and I said, you know, it's silly. It's silly for me not to come back and a, and a marketing company, which you don't really put it in that kind of perspective at the time. But, you know, here's a marketing company, part of the marketing chain, a really important chain of the whole marketing. And why am I not going back to this with, with, with the opportunity that I have hmm. and to actually really form this company to where it should go? And so I've been back this way ever since. That, and it's, Rich, that's such a cool story. And you know, one of the things that that I really honed on, honed in on, and that's on the on that story was, you know, you're sitting around the kitchen table, so to speak, in 1993, and it sounds like there was a bit of an inflection point at that point in your business, where you're sitting there um, around the kitchen table, so to speak, and you come up with this idea to start manufacturing hand fans. Um, can you? Take us back to that moment as to what led you to that aha moment and why it was that you needed to pivot and move into this product line, um, why you saw there being a market in the promotional product space, and why you saw this as an avenue for growth for you. I, I'm, I'm interested in that. Well, see, I will tell you the story that didn't include me because at that point I was still in college. And I, I, again, I will pin this completely on my father. You know, he's a guy who does not settle down, and he's a, he's a person who will not just stay status quo. And so every year, what, what are we doing now? What are we doing out there? What, what are people asking for? What are people talking about? And so I believe the story went, you know, we had a customer call and say, hey, can you do this? Do you have these, these wooden sticks? We want to do them. And I've done this a lot with a lot of our new products nowadays. Just listen to customer service. Listen to the customer and say, what are they asking for? And so, and that's exactly what it is. So they had a table of five people at the time, the five managers, um, and it actually voted three to two. Two people didn't want to do it, and uh, two people wanted to. And he said, "No, we're we're doing this." And so they came out with a number of different shapes. And so here you have now is a you know a, a piece of paper on a stick, right? And you have a fan out there. And, and so we we have you know so many great customers we were dealing with for for matches for such a long time. They're coming up and talking to us to say, "Oh, no, we get it. This is." This is this. This is how, you know, it's bigger than a brochure. It's 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 got all this. It hands out goodwill. It's at a price point we're happy with. And so then, you know, now I'm back with the company, and and I have customers that are coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, uh, can you put an elastic string on it, make it a mask, right? <laughs> and so I go back to work and say, guys, we're in the mask business tomorrow. And so we cultivate that. It it really boils down to a lot of what are my raw materials? What are our strengths? And what can we do with what we have and package it in a different way, market it in a different way to make a product that I know that can consistently come out of this door well, that can still service the promotional products industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, you know, there's a lot of printers out there that can print a lot of different type of product. But, uh, and, and there's a lot of things that come across my desk. But there's 
not exactly everything that you can sit there and take a look at and go, yeah, promotional product guys, you know, they'll buy that. But then there's some really strange items that, and I'll be the first guy to say there's been plenty of things where I voted no on hmm. that I've really ate a lot of crow on because I'm telling you, there's some of these products out there that we're doing now, I didn't realize was such a good product. Hmm. Popcorn boxes and, and food packaging in this industry, there's a lot of work out there hmm. for the shorter run food packaging, and I didn't realize that at the time. But you sit there, and I, I, I train all my customer service staff. Listen to what they want to say. There's no dumb answer. There's no dumb question. Bring it out, and then let us try to see if we can figure out what we can give something that we feel that we can bring to market that's quality that we're happy to put our name on. Mm. Or, and actually, in this case, not put our name on. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, uh, Rich, this leads me to a, a question that I have around this decision to remain in the U.S. and be completely 100% committed to producing goods in the U.S. And when I think about your story, um, it wouldn't have surprised me, and I'm sure there are other people in your line of work that a number of years ago would have said, well, we're making product in the U.S. Uh, it's We should take a look at producing offshore because it's going to make us more competitive and we could do more volume and we can scale up and all of that stuff that you, that you see. Um, why has... Uh, why did you make the decision to stay in the U.S. when so many other people have gone offshore in this business, and how do you remain competitive? Well, there's, there's, there's a lot to do with that. Um, when we analyzed exactly what we do strong here and what we do right here, we were comparing that. And, you know, I, obviously there's lots of things, not only my exact product line, but even similar product lines that where I have to worry about, you know, competing in, in what, distributors we wanting to buy. So you, you kind of go through that and you say, you know, we do paper. We do paper well and, and, and we do it right. And so, uh, you know, we have a great staff downstairs. I have, I have, I, I really have unbelievable employees, um, including the people who do a lot of the hand assembly downstairs, who are very strong in, in what they do. And so we're like, do we really need to move it? Do I really want to go down to say like Mexico? Um, and I could, right? We could, I could easily uproot this business. I could put all these people out of work go down to Mexico and, and, you know, pennies on the dollar and I'd be driving down there and I'd have to worry about, you know, all those other issues that I drive down to Mexico and have my family move down there and everything. Or do I stay in Chicago? Do I try to figure out what is where my family base is and this is how we're just going to make it work? I've had been in the same uh, plant since 1978 hmm. uh, when, we, when we have this plant here. I could move down to South Carolina. I could move down to other states. They'd be glad to give me all these different tax benefits. I'm not interested. I'm interested in building my business here. So I have to sit here and take advantage of what I do have here and what we can do it. And fortunately, I'm making a product that um, is inexpensive still to assemble here. Mm. Because if it got too expensive to assemble here, then I, I wouldn't be able to keep the doors open. That's for sure. You know, I couldn't print, I couldn't manufacture textiles here. I couldn't manufacture, you know, giant wards and, and things like that, or stress balls or, or, you know, a lot of injection molding. But the products that I do make here, I can still stay very competitive. I like to think that um, we put a lot of quality into our work. Um, we work with a lot of higher-end distributors out there who understand what the quality means. And so when it comes down to a half a cent or a quarter of a cent for an order, well, you know, they, they understand that by giving me the business, they know where I'm at. The fact that I'm centrally located in the United States helps 
you know, three days to most, two days to the East Coast. It that really helps a lot of my transit times. Um, and you just you just gotta keep playing up your your positives. You know, you keep looking at what are what are my advantages, and you just gotta keep focusing on those, and then making sure you relate that to the customer. These are the advantages of why we stay around and do this. Well, and I think that you you talked about this idea of custom work and this ability to react quickly to what customers are asking you for. And I would imagine that if you were uh, an offshore supplier, while you might still have some flexibility, I imagine it would be greatly limited and greatly curtailed because, A, you would have uh, tool and die costs, you would have massive runs that you would require, and Whereas I, I think that what what I'm what I'm understanding is that this uh, domestic production capability gives you this nimbleness and this ability to say, hey, I want, I'm going to go make put a mustache on a stick and see how it works, and uh, you can get that to market really really quickly. Whereas your Chinese-based competitors might not have that same um, same same ability, and I, and I yeah. think that's a tremendous advantage. No, that's that that's absolutely for sure. You know, I mean, we even have a program now that we're turning items in 24 hours, um, and you know, I I tell all my customers, you know, we put a quotes on there and say five to seven production days, but let me know what you really need. You know, and, and we all know this industry. You know, the the bigger the order, the more people that have to sign off on it. Which no matter what you do, unless you're really really on the ball as a distributor side and with the movie house or whoever has to sign off on that side. It's only shrinking my time, hmm. and so all right, you know, you know, I've I've done forty thousand pieces where I've shipped from Chicago to California that same day. Took the order that morning, got there the same day, and th those are the kind of orders that you can do. Where I'm so proud of that that we had that opportunity to do it, but the other flip side of it too is a lot of suppliers here, you know, they're purchasing themselves from China and then inventorying and warehousing here in the states and then decorating here, right? And and a few years ago, a number of years ago, a lot of these guys got into a trick bag with that. They were holding a lot of inventory or they weren't able to get inventory. Um, you know, you've got a one color a pen, you have one style of pen, you have to have 15 different colors. Oh, that's not exactly the right purple. We don't have to do that. Everything I do is raw materials for the most part. You know, raw paper materials that I'm customizing either with the shape, the color, everything else. I don't have to worry about things like that. And that's what's kept me competitive in doing what I'm doing. You know, we, we've oh, got uh, – uh, sorry, T, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No. Um, well, I can tell you as a designer, um, when, and I, I send rich business all the time. It's a, I'm always thinking on the top of my head, you know. I, I think like that because I can, I can see how something, you know, when you want something to be created um, – disguise the limit in my mind, you know, because it's it's not, you're not, you know, going to line circle, you don't have to worry about, hey, I have to do such and such color, I have to do it in such and such size, whatever. Um, it's great because I can suggest something to someone and say, hey, you know, give Rich a call because he'll have a solution for this, you know, pretty easy. And and Rich, is your, most of your stuff is flat packed, is that right? So when you send it out, too. It, a lot of the stuff is already pre-assembled, or, or do they, or, or do you do that there? Yes and yes. So I mean, I mean, okay. like 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 boxes that we do, uh, a lot of it is already pre-assembled and then laying flat, 
or there are things that we have plenty of product where it's like you know a hand fan or or a little banger banner or um, you know those kind of things are just packed for, you know exactly flat and then there's a little bit of maybe a folding that the customer does on their side just so it can stay flat when it's packaged obviously the least expensive you can for freight it's like you're the IKEA of uh, the promotional products world there, Rich. Very little. You know, I don't like to say that because I don't want to make it seem like you guys get an unassembled piece. Although there are people that, plenty of people that do that because they want to keep, I like children's products that keep them entertained. When they, here, just keep, keep them entertained when they're doing that kind of thing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's funny to go off on a tangent for a moment. You know, children's marketing is really kind of a funny thing because what people never think about what children's marketing is, you know, there's a lot of children's marketing that you can do for for adult-based products. You know, if you're selling water heaters or you're selling insurance and you're at a trade show or a fair, there's nothing wrong with getting, you know, uh, 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 just a one-color black and white item like a bank. Throw some crayons out there. Keep Timmy invested for five minutes on the on the table while you're going ahead and and you're trying to sell the mom and dad on on the adult item. And it's yeah. it's a it's something that I always talk about, and people are like, yeah, oh, you know, that's a great idea. It's, it's things that people don't want to talk, don't don't think about so much. But getting back to you to what you were saying, T, the nicest thing about paper is that out of all substrates in this industry, paper you can get probably the best DPI on and the best uh, 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 you know colors out of over textiles over to any type of pad printing. Although a lot of the digital uh, direct ink to jet stuff is getting a lot better nowadays. So if you want to talk about design, paper doesn't get any better than that. Um, and so we, when, and we're talking about turn time and things like that. When a few years ago, when the China was was having that big crunch and everybody couldn't get things in time, and I have customers call me up and say, "Listen, Rich, what can you get us in five days?" We were looking for, you know, a full face beard, or, or you know, tomorrow uh, I had a lot of calls for the Boston Red Sox. We need full face beards for these for these promotions. Uh, well, I can't get you a fabric beard, but I can get you one in 24 hours. I can get you a, a paper one. Yeah. And, and these are all the advantages that we have. I think I kind of went off on a tangent there for a little bit. No, no, not at all. And and you know, it's fascinating to you asking that question about the design side. And you know, I'll I, I want to sort of play this this other this other voice here. Um, I mean, Rich, do, what do you uh, what do you say to a distributor? That is that is intimidated by working with your line because there's just so much um, there's so much you can do. It's almost like a blank canvas, and of course there are a lot of distributors in the in the industry that are very adept at selling more standardized products, like uh, printing a one inch logo on a pen, one color. Whereas in your case, you've got custom shapes, you've got CMYK, you've got spot colors, you've got um, a huge canvas where people can literally do anything they want as opposed to just taking a Citibank logo and slapping it on a mug or a bag. Um, what what guidance do you give to some of these distributors that are a little that might be scared to sell your product? Well, you know, it, 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 it's, it's funny you say that because I always, there's a bunch of different types of distributors, but I kind of put them into two different types, which is there's the guys that sell widgets, Right, and then there's the the guys that sell creative programs, and I'm by no means is it bad for either way. But there's plenty of these powerhouse website guys now that are, you know, we want this thing, that, this, that, and that's exactly what they're going to be searching for on ESP or Sage, and that's what we got to make, and that's what they know to sell, and that's how they're going to do it. So okay, so I have to have a whole catalog full of these widgets, 
or else I'm not going to be relevant. Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't, I, you know, you have plenty of people that work trade shows and, you know, they just understand the four walls, right? Yep. Then there's people who understand the other side and say, okay, well, why can't I make this 8-inch piece a 12-inch piece and have a curl here and maybe put this on and do all these other things, polybag it in 25 and have it distributed to, to a thousand different warehouses? Yes, and we could do that. So what I try to do, and, 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 and the fact is there's no stupid question. All I can tell you is no if I don't like it or if we don't think we can do it. And I'll bet you I probably handle 15, 20 emails a week just, Rich, you know, can you do this? And, you know, 50% of them I say, yeah, yeah, I, I, we can make that happen. And then someone like, yeah, you know, that's not, just, just not our thing. And, you know, I'm sorry, maybe you can try somebody else on that. But I'm just happy that people are asking me this because I know I'm the first point of contact when it comes to, hey, let's get something creative. And here, you know, not only that, let me show you a program that we had with somebody else and then kind of show you what they were doing and, and maybe we can build off of that. And if you know, if you get a creative person, there's nothing better than building a creative campaign. I mean, I'll be the first one to say it. When I see something big coming down, when I see something creative, I, I get my juices going. You know, I pull my staff in here. Go, okay, guys, I, I don't care. Just make it work because this is such a cool idea. Yeah. We have to make that idea work. That's awesome. That is totally totally cool. T, I got a question for you. So, yes. you know, on that same same line of thought okay so so rich that's a really brilliant answer by the way i i uh i i'd actually never really thought of it in those terms like this idea of kind of separating your line into uh, a widgets oriented line and then also separating it into a line where uh the sky's the limit right so you've got that agency view and then you've got the widget view and then you can be successful in both areas or selling to both t kinds of distributors um so, you know, T, you, you and I have spoken a lot, as well as a number of the other chefs in Promo Kitchen, about this idea around creativity. Um, what are some of the things that you see, T, when you interact with distributors? Because I'm putting you in the same kind of category as Rich in terms of a creative force, someone that offers a great creative service um, to people in the industry. Uh, so my question is, what, what are you seeing from distributors that come to you um, from how it is that they approach design and creativity. Are you seeing distributors approach it in a, a big picture, think big kind of way, or more of the more of um, through the transaction uh, point of view, where they're just looking for a logo to be created in an hour and then you know see you later? Well, I always. Uh, I get a lot of when it comes to you know more of the smaller distributors, you know the mom pa kind of companies and things like this. And they come to me and they say, you know, uh, they're looking for an idea, um, how to do something. You know, because a lot of people when they come into the industry, they're thinking about pens, mugs, and t-shirts, right? They're not necessarily thinking about all the different things that you can do with these and how you package them together and. What is um, you know what creates um, a really cool memorable statement you know because you know I, I always said it was sort of like when you go to a bank or something like this you can say hey yeah I can supply you with pens or I can supply you with a kitty bank or something like this but what's going to make you stand out over someone else you know why not throw a little caution to the 
to the air, you know, and go, okay, I'm going to develop a campaign that, like, to the likes of, you know, where it may be a little crazy or something like this, but you're going to be memorable from that point. And I think, you know, uh, this is why I send people to Rich all the time. I don't know if everybody always comes through or something, but I'll say, you know, you're not restricted to, you know, your standard pen and mug and thing. You know, go look at a website because he's got so many different things to choose from. It's, you know, your brain's going to start working. You know, I love the fact that, Rich, you've got these masks right now. I think that's the coolest thing ever, you know, because not only are you able to, you know, like you gave me a Boba Fett mask at one of the shows, and I still have that. You know, I consider that like a collector's item. And <laughs> Star I'm sure Wars a lot fan. I haven't thought about that as well, you know, that you can actually create things, even though they're paper products, you know, they're recyclable and all that other stuff, so that's always plus. But well, you think about the collectability from this point too. You know, as a you know, in the promotional products industry, I think that that's one of the coolest things. You know, go back fifty years and find a mask from the guys that you know from Duck Dynasty or whatever, and <laughs> and you have a story to tell. <laughs> well, that's for sure. Well, I, and, and and that's great. I, I will tell you because like we did we did uh, Obama's campaign the, the first go around, and. Um, and, and Hillary's campaign, which was great because they were running back and forth forever, and just I just kept getting the jobs from everywhere it went. But um, you know, and then you go back and you go to the website, you go out on eBay, and you're like, man, fifteen bucks. I go, yeah, <laughs> I hope you get it, cool. man. <laughs> right. But but the, a lot has to do nowadays with Facebook, and that the mm -hmm. fact that you know you're printing paper, you're printing inexpensively, but now you've got a logo. And you know, you mentioned the mustache or, or a mask or something like that, where you have that logo out there, and people are taking their picture and 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 posing with them and doing. I once a week I get an email from the end users about a sports hero or a, or a a celebrity outing, and everybody's got one of the masks in their hands, and they're all looking just like them. So you know, you get a lot of these photo bombing, and you got a lot of this just interaction, and it's fun. You know, and you can spread it out, and it's so visible that you can be out there. And then you're shooting it, putting it on your Facebook page, so all your Facebook followers are still seeing that same logo. And you realize how far that can travel, yeah. And how silly it is, and how much how attractive it is for people just to come and grab it and grow in droves. You know, where you know a fifteen dollar putter or you know even a five dollar T-shirt sometimes can't get that across. Yeah, yeah. Well, it all, I think it all comes down to this idea of this emotional connection that our product, um, that our product has uh, when it's handed out by a company to its customers or to its fans or to its friends. And I, th I, I think that that social media example, the Facebook example you just gave, is so spot on. And it's it's certainly given um, new meaning and a new sales approach to a lot of distributors who are going out there and talking about how promotional products now have almost like this additional life that they didn't have before um, because of the images that pop up on, on, on the social networks. And I've certainly seen lots of, you know, lots of your products, uh, Rich, just all over my feed before. And I think like <laughs> whether they've been done by you or, or not, it's just a, it's, it's pretty interesting to see how they're, they, they become so top of mind because of what happens in social networking. Oh yeah. I know I, I, it's funny. And it's, it's one of those things that you don't realize four or five years ago 
wasn't even something. You know, people would go out to a fair and they do that. Next thing you know, Comic Con hits, and oh, yeah. I'm I'm just yeah. I, I think I think one of my products in like every other booth there. Oh yeah, and I'm probably exaggerating, but I mean it's unbelievable how much work. It's because of that is your demographic, that's your market of that Facebooking. And everybody wants to be a mask. Everybody wants to be something different. Everybody wants to take a funny photo, and it's that kind of stuff just resonates, and it just it's just infectious. It just goes across everything. And these these masks are also, you know, it really good price point. So when you're looking for something that is memorable like that, you know, to have a, a printed piece like this, and say, hey. You know, like like Mark was saying, you know, when he asked me that question before, um, come up when if a distributor decides, hey, you know, like I want to do something that's a little bit out of the box and a little bit crazy. There you go. You know, that's such a great, a great solid piece. Switching gears uh, a little bit, Rich. I, I know that you. Uh, are in a family business and you've been in a family business for quite some time. It's been the only job you've had since you graduated from college. Um, a lot of the people who listen to Promo Kitchen um, are parts of family businesses and they grow together and uh, hopefully things remain harmonious. And, and <laughs> uh, how? What, what advice do you have, Rich, for people that are trying to run and grow and manage a family business in such a way that uh, things stay friendly and <laughs> don't get out of control. You know, um, I, I mean, it, it, it's funny about it being in a family business. It's in some things are, are are very easy for me, right? I have certain managers, obviously, and certain people who I trust dearly because being family. But it brings up a whole different set of issues and problems, um, generations. You know, I'm still the youngest of four, so even hmm. though I've been here for, I, you know, I still have to hear about when I was five, and you know, they'll tell about some dumb story around here. And and and, and what's funny is that if you don't work in a family business, you don't necessarily understand it. I I, I laugh. My my father and I we work very well together, um, but there are some times when we just completely are yelling at each other, just top of our lungs, like 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 I'm back, I'm 13 back in the house. Uh -huh. And, and you know, you, you, you forget. And so now and you're looking across the crowd, and then at 6 o'clock you're like, oh, you're coming over for dinner tonight? Yeah, I'll be over to dinner tonight. You know, and you just kind of pack the car and you're, you're back. And, I'll, and, you know, and, and, and everybody else looks at you like, how could you do that? I go, well, it's just, it's, just, it's just the way we are and it's what we do. I've been really fortunate. I, I'll be honest, I've had a father who's um, – who's always wanted me in the business. I think I've bought it more than, than uh, wanting to be in it. I have, a, I have my oldest brother uh, offshot another business from the match company at the time. He does foil laminating on the paper. So he runs his business. I have this one. I also have my sister and my brother that work with me here. And uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's not easy. Um, and, and it's definitely challenging. But if, if, if you can make it work, the idea is you've really got to put it behind you at the end of the day. But when I, growing up, because I grew up in this place, and, and we would always talk about business, and it was always what my father always had intended us. This is part of my blood. Yeah. You know, it's part of my life. I'll be honest with you. Without the job, I, I, I think I lose a little bit of my identity. And so, you know, you're like, well, it's just, it, it's very comfortable for me to do this because that's what I've been doing. But, yeah, I'll tell you, working with, with siblings, it's always 
always poses a challenge. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, sometimes decisions just aren't easy, and sometimes you just got to do it. But as long as everybody's on the same page of what you're really trying to do, as long as everybody really wants to work for it, you know, sometimes you get those family members where there's one family member and maybe doesn't is not all in it like the rest of them. I mean, we're all in it, and so. Yeah, we've got different ideas. Yeah, we've got different personalities. And yeah, we've got all different things that we may disagree about. But the, the answer is, is that we all have one focus, and we definitely want to go forward. And once you have that, if you can keep that base in there and try to hold out all the billions of things that can interfere with it and, and on a day-to-day -day basis, you can move along. Mm. Um, but you just got to figure out how, how to make it work for you. It's Even to this day, it's still difficult plenty of times. You know, it's it's it's... But it's interesting, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, that's for sure. Well, I met your sister, and she's, she was about as cool as you are <laughs> to talk to at one of the shows. Yeah, she, she, does, she, uh, she was out of the business for a while, and then she came back. And uh, so she came back probably about six, seven years ago. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's found a way to fit right in. To, to do what she needs to get done. Um, you know, we, you always just kind of have a plan. And as long as you can kind of move along with that, then you're all right. Mm. So, Rich, I'm just taking a look at the time here. We probably have time for, for one more question. Uh, T, I know that you uh, uh, were interested in, in Rich's uh, approach to hiring. Do you want, do you want to uh, close it off with one more question around that? Sure. Um, Rich, you had talked to me once before um, when I was telling you all these great things I thought about Joelle, about your the way that you go about hiring people or, or the people that you want on your team. You you spoke about, um, do you remember this question? Uh, do you remember us talking about that? Uh, a little bit. Okay. I'm trying like to figure out what we're going You said that there was a... <laughs> There was a certain way that you go about uh, finding people to work with you guys. Well, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I do. I, you know, it, 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 and I think it has a little bit to do with the family business too. Um, you know, there's there's something you have to gel. Um, you really do. There's there's something about hiring outside of your comfort zone. You know, to try to get different perspectives on certain things. Um, but then there's also something about completely gelling and making sure that you understand. Um, and I did. I brought on a, a national sales uh, manager this year, and uh, she it happened to be my sage rep uh, for the last few years. And so when I was out, when when the position opened up, it didn't really work out that I was courting her that way. But it, it, it just so happened that it worked out that way. But that was one of those things where okay, I got a giant industry, and I'm looking for a, another sales rep here who can actually do what I need to do across the board of all these different distributors. And I needed somebody definitely that was in the industry, at least understood how it works, because I think our industry is quite unique compared to many other industries. And so um, it's, it, it has so much to do about synergy, how much, how much, you know, not exactly core values per se, but at least, you know, what are we looking to do and what are we trying to achieve? I think that, like, for instance, if I were to bring somebody that used to sell cars for a living and try to do this, it was never going to work. You know, it's, it's, it's just not, not going to work. So when I interview even here, even for customer service, you know, I, I would say, you know, 50%, maybe even 70% of my interviews um, are just about you and your yeah. life and, and what are you looking to do. And so I can, you can get a pretty good feel for what, what, are, they, what are they trying to get at here? What, what are we, what, are you understanding what we're trying to do? And then I'll paint a picture about, you know, 
we do what we got to take what it takes to be around here. You know, you, you might be working at a computer, and at four o'clock, I might need you downstairs on the floor to help out packaging or, or something like that. Are you willing to do it? And I tell them never on the interview. And if they don't get scared from that, then I got somebody that I think I can work with. There's been plenty of times where I brought people in, and I go, you know what? I'll tell you what. Maybe you're not fit for this job, but I like you. I go, and I think I can make you work somewhere else. How about if we move into that that position? Because I like working with you. And, 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 and that's, it, it's so much about that synergy. If you can understand what we're trying to get, then we can all kind of play off of that. That's, that's how I like to hire. Um, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you never really have all the answers. But at least that way, at the very least, I'm working with people that I want to work with. And it makes my life easier. Well, and Rich, in any of the interactions that I've had with you, I mean, you're so you're such a approachable and down to earth guy that uh, it doesn't surprise me that that's your approach to hiring, and that you know the kind. And I've certainly met Joel before, and and it it's so important in any business to have that chemistry. Otherwise, just terrible things can happen. And you know, you talk about your family, and you talk about your dad. You love your dad, but sometimes you get into those screaming matches with him, and then you're having dinner and and uh, family socializing at 6 o'clock at night. And you can't do that if there's not um, uh, respect as the foundation of that. And I, I think that, that that respect can happen if you're a family member. That respect can happen if you're just really close and you click with the person. And, uh, I mean, that, that that's the... That's the glue that makes all of this work. <laughs> but if I, I, I certainly reflect back on some of the people that uh, that we hire here at our our company, and it's the same same thing. And when we haven't done that, we always pay the price. So, yeah, it, it, to me, it, it's it's just so important because without it, you know, you're constantly you're waking up, you're you're working with a person, and 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 we've all done it, or at least I have, where I've hired somebody, and you're like, oh, I just don't like you, you know, I just don't like you, and then and then when things start going wrong. You're like, you know what, because, because if I like you, we'll work it out. Okay, maybe you didn't do the exact right thing. Maybe you didn't go our way. But okay, we'll, we'll learn, we'll live, we'll learn, we'll move along with this thing. Mm. But sometimes you get those personality types and, or, or just, just, it's just not working our way. You know what, let's, let's just call it a day on this one, guys. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just the way I have to do it because, you know, at the end of the day, and it, and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, how come I haven't moved to, to, to a different country and, 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 and assemble and, and it's not what I want to do. I have my core here. I have my core people here. I have my core family here. This we're going to be here. You know, the ASI industry or the you know promotion product industry ends tomorrow. Well, I'm still going to be here in Chicago doing something else. Yeah. It's just the way it's going to be. And 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 once you come to that decision, then well, then you just branch off of that. Yeah. Well, those are good values to have, my friend. I. Uh, um I think I think on that note, Rich, we we I think our time today is is up. But I tell you, we we have uh, certainly lots of things that we haven't discussed, which we should go into a part two for. But uh, this was really really interesting. I know that uh, when when I was when we were putting together this program, I was thinking, you know, Rich Carollo's got such a cool business and such a it occupies this really interesting niche and or niche as I say because I'm Canadian um, and you know this real approach to creativity and also the fact that he stays in the US and that that's really it's really unique and I, we like unique people on the promo kitchen podcast and thank you for 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 sharing your wisdom with us my friend 
yeah l listen i can i can't appreciate it. i i i love it uh i i love it when i can talk about the creativity and a lot of people because there's a lot of distributors that don't understand the creativity part of it and when you get the give me a form and talk about it i just I, yeah i appreciate it i really do and uh yeah thanks a lot t you really uh yeah you you really built my company up <laughs> no worries mate anything i can do <laughs> 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 it, it it all comes back to tea. We've always said that tea is a bit of the godfather of this industry. It all leads back to the uh, the creativity. So uh, the the, uh, the five degrees to tea, right? Just like Kevin Bacon. Exactly. Okay, now that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll sign off here. But uh, thanks again so much. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Take care, everyone. <laughs>